All right, guys, welcome back to RTW's Wild History. Right, I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And on today's episode, we are going to delve into the weird, once again. Well, I mean, Will. I. I mean, no, uh, uh, okay, you can't deny. What? We, no, I wanted to do something going, lighthearded. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not but quite. Before we get into it, just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening. It is fun to do this. Uh, and again, share with your friends and family. I know it's Christmas time and we got a whole bunch of other things we want to do besides listen to a podcast and tell people about podcasts. I love podcasts. That's but, all I do. But if you share, we can do more. Yeah. So we got big share. stuff uh, planned for January, you guys. Yes. Starting so- sometime early in the new year. Well, and I, I was going uh, to set a specific date for us. Yeah. But yeah. Early new year. I was snooping around on uh, Rhonda's little computer or whatever downstairs looking at numbers or whatever. And I saw where she was looking at some stuff too. So she's getting prepared. I yes. am. I have some notes. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to. To work on an episode. Yes, I, th- I think I- I'm at least ready for the first whatever episode uh, to be decided. Yes, I guess first episode of of many, something of many. Um, but uh, today, you guys, I was I was going to talk about something lighthearted, like I said, and what better <laughs> what the <laughs> more than, more than lighthearted is lighthearted about this. Well, I will tell you, I I saw so I listened to a podcast that's another good one. It's surprised. Well, Ashley Flowers did cover this podcast, but or cover this, but. Morbid, which is another one that I listened to, also covered this as well. Another great name for a podcast. Um, so this is actually about the Lawson family murders that occurred on Christmas time. So that's how it tied in the whole thing. Oh yeah. So so lighthearted. Lighthearted, lighthearted and fun to talk about. Um, are y'all familiar with this case? I have heard nothing of this. You know, I feel like this is the one you made me listen to. Maybe I made you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yes, you have. It's hard. No, I, 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 a lot of Crime Junkie, but I don't know if this was on Crime Junkie or if this was on her other one. I'm not sure. Um, it's been a while since I've actually uh, listened to this. But um, I have four, I think, sources for this. I have them all highlighted. But this first part, I think I got from uh, southerncalls.com. It's called The Lawson Family Tragedy. So this tragedy actually did take place on Christmas Day in 1929. And as you can imagine, 1929. like 1929, this is a long time ago. About Great Depression time, you know, I feel like that's been a, a thing with us. We've been talking a lot about the Great Depression and World War One and all that kind of stuff. That's been our little uh, time in history. I feel like we've been kind of getting lately. Um, so this uh, actually occurred in what was called Germantown, North Carolina, which was a farming community c- community near Danbury. So I actually I looked all that kind of stuff up and I was unfamiliar with this territory or whatever or city in North Carolina. Um, but before I guess we start on uh, December 25th, 1929, we'll go back just a couple of weeks. So the patriarch of the Lawson family, his name was Charlie. And so he was 43 at the time. Um, he loaded him himself and his wife, Fanny, and they also had seven other children up to drive to what was known as Winston-Salem, which was a town about 13 miles away from their home. So this, uh, so God, what do you, uh, you know, what, what, what do you, think you do around christmas time like you know with with the family what what's something that you guys would typically do oh gosh i don't know sing carols i mean go visit people and sing carols or visit relatives and just mm-hmm. just that kind of a thing well i guess like loading up seven people to go to a town like what do you think like he could have been doing oh i already know the i don't answer, know maybe so buying a christmas tree <laughs> i don't know i wish well, it was want me to give the answer yeah sure 
They went to go get a family portrait. They did. Oh, well, they that's went to a go good get... idea. And we've done that. Uh, yeah. It's been several years, but we've yes, done that we for Christmas. That. Yes. Well, yes. and you know, I would love if that was the Christmas surprise or whatever that he that this was you know planned. This would be great. I'd love to go take a picture. Okay, so it's something else. So, look, but no, that was it. They were taking a picture this this day. This was a couple weeks before Christmas. Um, so, in what he described as a Christmas surprise, this was in quotations. Um, he got the family to take Christmas pictures at a local photography studio, and apparently this expenditure that they kind of had here was extremely unlike Charlie who was apparently like pretty frugal and growing up you know and I think they were uh, sharecroppers and stuff like that for tobacco with uh, they were kind of poor and so you know money it was you had to work hard to get your money so I mean this was a big expenditure to buy everyone new clothes he bought everyone new clothes they went to the photography studio and they took a picture now if you look up this picture it's creepy so look it up I mean like the family looks like not they don't want to be there everyone looks miserable it's like there's a smirk on charlie's face everyone else is kind of like uncomfortable looking it's very odd so like if yeah, you it, I've, I've seen it it is very creepy. <laughs> okay okay question yeah so does that mean that there was a bad relationships within the family they there didn't get could along potentially or? be some bad relationships here so okay. uh, uh, several that i would think and if if this happened to me about what i'm going to talk about yes there would be a lot of bad blood in between my family members and i so um let me see. Sorry, y'all. Uh, so let me give you a little. Uh, so I like to think a lot of this, like the big farming families around this time were probably, you know, with his seven kids having like this picture and stuff. I'd like to think that it was just because a lot of farming families probably had a lot of kids because they probably need workers for the farm. Yeah, yeah that was true. So that that's what I was thinking about it. So I was just like, OK, so they're going to take their Christmas photo here. So some of the backstory for the family. So Charlie and Fanny, which was his wife, they were married in 1911. They had actually had eight children total, but one died of no pneumonia at the age of six. So the roster kind of for the family goes Arthur, who was 16. There was um, Marie, who was 17. Charles, who we just talked about, he was 43. He was the father. Um, Fanny, she was 37. She was the mother. You had Mary Lou. I believe she was about three months old or so. She was the youngest, so she had just had the, this baby. Carrie, who was 12. Raymond, who was two. Maybell, who was seven. And James, who was four. So all I can get from this is that Charlie... Let Fanny have a break. Can she not have a kid for like one year? <laughs> well, it sounds like there was a little bit yeah, of a break there. Like, it sounds like there was a gap more than, more than some of our friends. Bless Fanny. Fanny did not want these kids. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure she did. I'm for Fanny. I'm for the no, women. We, we know people with like literally 15 months in between kids, oh, if not less. That's too much for me, y'all. I'm telling you. It, okay, this is coming from a guy who never wants kids. Oh, so. 100% never wants kids. I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this, never want kids. Your brother can make babies. Yeah, way. maybe. I'm telling you, they're going to have to. Um, so, <laughs> they can adopt uh, a 12-year-old. <laughs> so, uh, oh, crap. I'm sorry, you guys. I always get lost in this thing. Uh, so I'm sure the common things, like I said, were the, you know, they had all these kids because they needed, you know, workers for the farm. And uh, a lot of this time, too, like I've seen other podcasts just say that it was just because you know a lot of kids didn't really maybe survive past infancy during this time either like kind of growing up on the farm so it was kind of like known that they might have several kids well and maybe there weren't a lot of options to prevent them very true and there's there you know even if they got sick they probably really what what other pastimes does someone who's poor 
sharecropping tobacco yeah, I you mean, know you all you have is like a few hours at night for fun and that's it so i mean what else are you gonna do hey, true that's very true so it says uh in 1918 charlie he had actually moved his family to germanton uh to begin the share to begin sharecropping tobacco and in 1927 he had actually seen enough success to where they were actually um able to buy the farm that they lived at uh during the time which was on brook cove road brook cove road in germanton so um it didn't really uh, specify um, a time. Oh, sorry, sorry. Th- that was a previous thing. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm all over the place here. So one day, while well, apparently uh, this next little part, so this is kind of before the tragedy, while renovating the farmhouse, this was um, with Fanny, Arthur, and Marie. So Charlie accidentally struck himself in the forehead with an axe. So I'm oh assuming he fell or, you know, something happened where he tripped and fell on it and got, you know, pretty injured um after this accident and even with his wounds recovering charlie was apparently never really the same and this is according to several accounts by i think family members and uh, neighbors of the family and stuff and like just said that charlie's temper kind of was more at the forefront and things like that so just keep that in the mind in back of your mind here well what that makes me think of is i know a lot of people who either develop physical or mental handicaps become easily frustrated by things So it could have been that he couldn't talk like he used to or he couldn't use his hands or move like he used to. Yeah, true. Which causes extreme frustration because you're – in some cases, your brain's fully functioning. It's Mm -hmm. that it can't communicate with the rest of your body. Yeah, it's like at the tip of your tongue, but you can't do it. So you know you can do it, but your body isn't letting you do it because that connection between your brain and your body's been damaged. Mm -hmm. And I can see that too. I think um, it – I wanted to say too, and I think I say it a little bit later – um, the injury was at the front of his head and everything. And a lot of your personality and your emotional states are in like the frontal lobes of your brain. Yeah. So could have been that too, that, you know, something happened and he might've had a little alteration. Cause I take care of people with, you know, uh, if you get hit on the head, man, you, you get messed up. I'm just telling yeah. you. Um, so now we're going to fast forward to Christmas Day in 1929. So Marie, who's the oldest daughter, she wakes up early to get some butter, some sugar, some egg whites, some raisins, by the way, ew, um, and flour and pours them into pans to make her special signature Christmas dessert. I think it was a, a type of Christmas cake. So while she's making the dessert, the family is pretty excited. You know, they're planning for the day. They're doing the Christmas things. You know, um, I think Charlie and Arthur and uh, actually the two beagles that the family owned um, went on. They were planning on going on a hunting trip. So in the Morbid podcast that I that I listened to, the uh, they didn't have the ammunition for it. So I think uh, uh, Arthur goes to Charlie and is like, hey, like, do you have any shotgun shells that we can go hunt rabbits with? Uh, basically, like, you know, whatever. And so he's like, well, no, I don't really have any to spare. Why don't you go to town and go grab some? And like, this is during the time, too, where like it snowed. It's like a wilderness kind of thing. Like it's it's an undertaking to go to town to get ammunition. But Arthur does it anyway. It's Christmas Day. Would anything be open? So apparently, because I mean, he goes to town and I think well, is able. I think a lot of shops would do like partial days so that people could get provisions for Christmas dinner. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So like the guys would be at the store shopping or working while the women were preparing Christmas dinner. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Because I, I kind of think, think of a Christmas tra- dinner. Traditional roles like to the extreme like a little house on the prairie (laughs) okay all right i get it i get it (laughs) so apparently i guess they were open because he went to town and was i think able to actually get it um 
so we cut back to Marie. So Arthur and has left. He, I think he went with a friend to the, to the town to get the ammunition. So go back to Marie. She's finishing up in the kitchen. So Carrie and Maybelle, who are her two younger si- sisters, actually decide that they're going to go and visit their aunt and uncle who live nearby. So they start to go. Unfortunately, and this is a trigger warning for everybody, they couldn't have realized what was going to happen next. And as they're walking by the barn, um, both girls kind of turn and they see Charlie and he has a shotgun. And he essentially just, it, it, if it wasn't gratuitous enough, they are, uh, they're shot and, you know, they're on the ground. And if it wasn't gratuitous enough, they, he decides to take a hoe handle and he bludgeons them to death. Oh my gosh. So it kills the two youngest girls, like just out of nowhere and so violently. And, uh, so I'm not sure if the girls were already, uh, you know, passed by this point, but, uh, nonetheless, this is, this was too much. And as far as I'm concerned, like, no matter what, if you have a head injury or anything like that, there's no coming back from that. I wish he got the freaking everything, the whole jail cell thrown at him before everything else was going to happen. So um, let me see. So after this, Charlie goes uh, to the house and he uh, Fanny is on the front porch. I think she's peeling potatoes. So he reloads his shotgun and shoots her. So he shoots her in the chest and she's dead on the front porch of the uh, of the farmhouse. So Marie, apparently, and I don't really know, like some of the articles that I've accessed she screams i don't really know how anybody would know that unless like neighbors were close by and i don't really think that this was a close by situation type of thing so marie screams and um james and raymond who are her younger brothers actually like i think hear her scream and kind of hear all of the stuff going on so they decide to try to hide and they're like the youngest boys so Charlie opens the front door. He fires and hits Marie, who slumps over um, to the front, like in front of the fireplace. He then like tracks down um, the youngest boys and I think shoots and bludgeons them as well. Then he bludgeons Mary Lou, who is in her crib, who is a child, a literally three-month-year-old child. Oh, my gosh. But I was like, this this one was like... When I think of like crazy... I just don't really think of murders like this, especially in like... I don't know. Just well, see, this reminds me so much of. Uh, uh, my God, we just did the episode. Oh, uh, Lizzie Borden. Yes. Oh, it really does, yeah. and, and it's the, also the severe, like the severity of the violence, the no clear warning signs, the just sheer disturbingness. Just of disturbingness it. of it, and it's just yeah. like it doesn't really come with a. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy to me, you know? So apparently after this, like, you know, he's killed his whole family besides Arthur. He runs, Charlie runs into the nearby woods. And I think, um, he paces for hours. Like how he would, just, how would anyone know that? So apparently Leaking tracks in the snow. Yeah. He could have just done. He bore like a, apparently like when he was going back and forth to Thomas, he was like, he was like kind of going back and forth in this little section of the snow. And so it just had been wore out or whatever, it was like a circle type of thing. Like, he was just pacing back and forth and everything. And uh, I guess at the time, like, you know, because eventually I think Arthur is in town and he hears, uh, and I'll go into it later, but I think family members of the family, I don't know if it was the aunt and uncle or someone else, they eventually stumble upon all of the bodies and everything, and then word gets to the town and it somehow makes it back to Arthur, who figure, who literally learns, like, his whole family, like, something terrible has happened to his family while he's trying to buy this ammunition. And a lot of people were thinking that Charlie might have sent Arthur away because he was the eldest boy. And maybe if something would have started to happen, he might have been able to overpower Charlie or to like, you know, fight back. Fight back. And so everyone else, he was like, you know, maybe that that was why. Um, 
So onlookers had already gathered at the house to see what was happening after this time, and police had actually discovered that the bodies were each found with their arms crossed um, over them, like they were kind of like, you know, in a casket. And then they either, in some articles say they either had pillows or rocks under their heads. Like they were like placed like underneath their like heads as he pillows. he was posturing them for... Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like... Ugh. That's disturbing. It's very disturbing. So. so the Lawson's beagles, who Charlie had actually taken with him, apparently, into the woods, according to one article, um, actually led the searchers to Charlie's body. Uh, he eventually... they while the uh, police officers were investigating the home and um, I think Arthur and everybody had been there, they heard a shot ring out and then that's when I think they were led and then they found that Charlie had shot himself in the forest. So uh, let me see here. Police officers ended up finding letters to Charlie's, uh, apparently uh, to Charlie's parents. So some say it was to Charlie's parents and then other others say that it was just like two small notes. So I'm not exactly sure it's different but uh, based on which uh, article you read. So one uh, piece of paper had it had the word or the phrase blame nobody but. And then the other one had um, or sorry, yeah, blame nobody but. And then I think the other one said trouble can cause. What does that mean? I know it's almost like he had written something or like had started to write something and then like lost the thought and then never just got back to, I guess, saying it. So this was a big deal for the town, as you can imagine. I mean, this is a small local farming community. You've had a pretty affluent, well, not affluent, but just well-known family just, you know, killed. Um, the bodies of the family members were actually wrapped in like borrowed bed sheets that I think some of the onlookers had brought and they l- were led to hearses parked on the main road. Um, from there, the bodies were actually taken to a funeral home in Walnut Cove, but um, they couldn't perform the autopsies of eight people at this small funeral home. So they actually had to move the bodies to what was known as Madison's Yelton Funeral Parlor. So uh, they were where they did the autopsies at yeah, the funeral home. I guess at the funeral home. I guess they did things differently back in 1929. Um, the Lawsons ended up being buried on a single plot. So literally Charlie is buried with his family. Oh my gosh. And I I'm like, don't think I would have done that. I would not have done that. I wonder if there was I just w- something. Honestly, I would have left his corpse to be eaten by buzzards. Oh, me too. I said, especially like poor Arthur. Like I can't even imagine what he was going through. At you know, this I, might, time. I might've gone a step further and just hung the body and left it there. Honestly. I mean, I, I don't I mean, care he, what he happens. He doesn't deserve to any semblance of peace. No. And life. even if like, I'm all for like people like, uh, Oh, you know, I, I mental health. I get that. But also at the same time, like when you get to that, instance and stuff and you killed your whole family i just there i just don't have any semblance of like forgiveness forgiveness for this person yeah um so they ended up being buried on that single plot uh the funeral was attended by over 1500 uh curious onlookers and um i like to think that this was probably when true crime was beginning to be kind of an obsession for people because i'm not the only one interested in this here guys there were 1500 other people well, no, no, no. I, I get, I fully understand the interest in true crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My problem with it is, we specifically said we were going to do Christmas themed episodes. This, this is Christmas themed. <laughs> you were talking about. You're going to talk about. Hey, spoiler no, alert, Krampus. That that isn't necessarily going to be the episode. Oh, I said okay. Krampus or the original Saint Nicholas. Well, by the way, this might be. Listen, this might be Thanks. a practice thing. Oh my God. This might be practice. All right, keep going with the story. So, um, a family member actually, uh, who was Charlie's brother, he actually ended up keeping the house open as a sort of museum. What the hell? Yeah, well. Oh, and, hey, you can spend the night at Lizzie Borden. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Thomas. I'm telling what you. Is Rhonda wrong gets with it. People? Rhonda gets it. Uh, 
so apparently like they didn't really even clean the house uh, i guess they left it kind of where everything was and then they even left the christmas cake uh, that marie had baked on the table and um they had never gotten to eat it so it was just left on the table so the crime drew thousands of visitors to the home and some initial spectators actually showed up on foot and by car like shortly after the slayings kind of first happened and um Thousands of onlookers and press actually swarmed the funerals at Browder Cemetery. Um, Marion Lawson, who was the uh, brother, he had said he only actually kept the house open to view because he wanted to raise money for the lone survivor of the family, Arthur, so he could settle the farm's mortgage. Allegedly. Now, I don't know if I believe that or not. I'm not sure I'd want to keep the farm. Oh, no, after that, I would sell it. Yeah. Uh, they even had some famous, I don't know, do y'all know who John Dillinger is? Yes. So he actually uh, came to, uh, it says the house actually had some famous viewers as well. So John Dillinger, who was a famous mobster, he had actually recently escaped from prison and he was accused of robbing 24 banks and four police stations. Apparently, after he had escaped uh, prison at this time, he wanted to go see the house. So he went to go see it. <laughs> um, so, uh, I I kind of won't go uh, into like the whole thing. There was a lot of stuff I, I don't really want to cover for like why they think this was going to happen. If you guys really want to know why Charlie killed his family and stuff like that, you can look it up. I have it all here. I just, it's a little too much. That, that first stuff was enough for me, but this last little stuff is. Um, but I will say that there was um, just, I think there was some instances to where they thought that the family might have been uh, witness to some kind of organized crime event, and maybe they were taken out. Uh, maybe it was due to Charlie's, you know, uh, head trauma. But I think they actually did a uh, autopsy at uh, John Hopkins uh, Hospital, and they said that there was nothing super. Um, I guess weird with his autopsy. Like I think they got his brain and looked at it, and it, it didn't look as if you know. I don't know necessarily what they would be looking at. But so did they dig him up, or uh, I think they had his uh, like whenever they did the autopsy, they took his brain and like took it to John Hopkins is what they did. Um, but I will say, um, there's two books about it. If you guys want to listen to it, there's one called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas, and then one called The Meaning of Our Tears. And the all the answers to what you want to find in there may be there. But that was my Christmas story. Y'all are welcome. <laughs> Christmas story. On that cheerful note. You look shocked, uh, Thomas. Thomas. No, I'm not so shocked because I listened to the whole podcast uh, in the car one time while going to a Christmas service at church. What was Christmas theme? And... Uh, I know why Will doesn't want to continue with the story. Okay. Yes. And I, I'm sure so, I appreciate that. So, oh, yes, yeah. But it's all there. on there if y'all want but, to see. Uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, just letting you know there's some trigger warnings. Okay. In there. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be – I'm trying to think. We will probably skip the Sunday of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the month we will have – a Christmas themed. <laughs> yeah. This was Christmas themed. Yo, it's practice. Y'all know why. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Uh <laughs> listen, I'm just gonna say buckle up. If you yeah, go okay, uh, yeah, buckle we, up. Uh, we got some interesting things coming. So Buckle uh, up. thank you guys so much for listening. Please uh share. Check us out on Instagram. Um Twitter. If you Yes, Twitter. The tweeters. I don't think we're doing much with Twitter, but we are. Nah, doing I, it's on there if y'all want to. If we had more, I think people. Twitter's pretty much dead. Yeah, Twitter's kind of dead for everybody at this yeah, point. But uh, we do have Instagram, so follow us there. Check a, check us out. Share us mm-hmm. with your friends. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Till next week.